On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the 2009 film, I Am Here! Now, the second film from filmmaker extraordinaire, Neil Breen. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. I'm disappointed in your species. This is not the way I intended my experiment in creating this planet and this human species to go. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 34. This is Brandon. And as always with me is your car thief. But but he tells his wife he's a co-hoster. Colin! We're already two movies into this, and I'm worried I can't feel anything emotionally anymore. <laughs> This is the second part of our Neil Breen series. In this episode, we're discussing his 2009 sophomore effort, I Am Here. Now, Cullen, could you tell them what the plot is? Now? (laughs) I'll try. Disappointed by its creation, the almighty being that created man arrives on Earth in a human form and interacts with various troubled, wicked, and sinful people on his journey to Vegas. The film is written, directed, produced, edited, starring, and let's not forget he also did the makeup and was the entire art department, as well as providing craft services, New Breen. It also co-stars Joyce Sin, Elizabeth Sikora, George Gingerelli, Marad Ford, and Herbert Allen. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade in this second effort for Neil Breen. <laughs> effort. Yes, that is accurate effort. We hope you've survived Double Down. Uh, apparently some some of you had seen it, and some of you watched with us. Um, thanks? <laughs> you, are, you are some brave, brave people, and we applaud you for it. The uh, Neil Breen Challenge continues here. We got some good tweets and feedback, so... Lucky for you, we're going to keep on going with Neil Breen until we've got no more. Uh, speaking of Neil Breen, we forgot to mention last time, but I wanted to let our listeners know, we attempted to get <laughs> Neil Breen on the show. We reached out to him. He did respond. He came back to us, and uh, he told us that an interview was not possible at this time. So uh, we tried for you guys. We did We did hear back from Neil Breen, unlike some people I've tried to get to come on as guests. Yeah. But we did hear back from him, and he has declined. But he was nice enough to say that his newest movie was, would be available to buy soon. Yes, he did tell us that we so could purchase Pass-Through for thirty two ninety nine. And what a deal. Probably on a DVD-R, too. Um, oh, it has to be. There's no way he has Blu-ray capabilities. <laughs> Yeah. And also, why would you want to see his movies in high def? Well, well, maybe they are in, oh my God, maybe they are in HD because at the end of uh, this movie, like in, at the very end of the credits, yeah. it's, it had like the, the website for this movie, which was dot, dot biz, biz, yes! Way, and it said that the movie was available in SD and HD. Mm-hmm. Now, that could mean that it is, you know, Blu-ray quality, HD, well, I believe or, Fate, Fateful Findings was HD. Well, we watched it. See, I-, I was hoping that he would think that DVD was HD. That's what I was hoping. It's like, no, no, it- it's digital, but it's not HD. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> like, for, but he- like the commercials on DVD that were promoting Blu-ray and trying to show the image difference. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't work when you're showing Which they it did with VHS and DVD, and they are now doing with DVD and 4K. It's hilarious. Or with Blu-ray and 4K. It's like, check out the difference. It's like, no, you totally intentionally turned down the one's contrast to color and stuff and then boosted it. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. But people don't know the difference because they're dumb. Bum, bum, bum. So yeah, Neil Breen will not be here now. <laughs> also, uh, forgot last time, but I wanted to send an extra thanks to the guests we had for our October horror run, the the girls in the back row, Justin Beam and Troy Brownfield. I feel like you know, listening back to those episodes, I think we had a great time and we had a, a very wealthy vault of like guests there and great material. And we, I just want to thank them again for coming on. Some of our best, you know shows with guests i think yeah yeah thanks for coming on and you can also thank us for not asking you to be on in november yes (laughs) yeah you're welcome guests (laughs) you gotta you got all the exposure and none of the pain this is what it's really about you got the fluff stuff (laughs) that's right those were the kid gloves you two are worthless okay and now we'll move on to i am here now, which that's how you say the title, correct? That is how you say the title. That's how that's how it shows up on the screen, you know? I think like, they, they even say it slower than I do, right? <laughs> they, they absolutely do. And that really sets a tone for the movie, how slow the title just comes up. Like, just so you know, this is the pacing of our movie. I, I think it's, well, like, each word comes on the screen super slow, too, so... If you were to read it, it would be more like, I am here. This is how the movie starts. Yeah. There's no there's no pauses between I am here, but it's still that slow. I don't I don't know why Neil Breen felt he had to fill for time as the movie is starting. They even get a chance in the movie to title drop it, and they even fail on that. It's infuriating. Well, this movie fails at many things, like being a movie, for instance. There's a point where Neil Breen's like, I am here, and I'm like, and they didn't say it. (laughs) No, no, no. So mad. So mad. So so we see these two moons that, do they explode and turn into sky, or like what? I don't know, because we do see, we see like space. I guess, and then the moons, and there's an explosion. They don't crash into each other. There's just a big explosion in the sky or something. And then, yeah, and then clouds happen. I don't know if these are related or if it's... I don't know. There's a meteor that falls in the sky, and it lands into, you guessed it, the desert. Meteor? You mean a paperweight? Because that's what it is. It's a glass ball that's a paperweight. (laughs) Yeah, that's what that's what you see. And then by it we see the shadow of Christ on the cross on the ground in the desert. And then these feet with the, you know, stake, bloody stake marks in them touch the ground. And I'm like, oh, shit, Neil Breen's going to play Jesus. <laughs> well, well, and he kind of is, but he's, he's more than Jesus. He's space robot zombie Jesus. I don't know what this is. We pan up and we see like... He's got where you would think he'd have bloody holes in his wrist. There's RAM yes, from like a yes, computer, yes. and it's not like it's it's basically on him because he tucked his you know he rolled his sleeves up tight enough so they'd hold while he has his hands down, and then he's got a motherboard on his chest. Yeah, it's just peeking up uh, over his white robe. Right, and, and we get these like stock footage of like leftovers from the lawnmower man. Yeah, it's like a, a computer tunnel. I mean, that's you know that's what it looks like. Is this guy the internet? Is he an alien? Is he a robot? All it's... three? <laughs> Maybe he is. It's never explained, other than he's just some kind of. We don't even know he's a called the being we don't find that out nope. he's just neil breen again in this movie yes and we get a this oh man we'll see it like a million times this movie like neil breen's so impressed with this effect shot of his his face and then it like flashes with him wearing this like monster mask that looks like a zombie and he's like yeah. and he just like looks right and he looks left and he looks right and he looks up, and it's flashing between that and a shot of him and the mask doing that. And Neil Breen can't even like just stare convincingly. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah, like he can't. He can't exist convincingly. 
Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And this goes on for fucking ever. And then he finally picks up the paperweight and goes to it by a roll across in the desert. But at 7.06, hallelujah, dialogue in this movie coming from someone's mouth. See, in Double Down, we hear dialogue, but it's not actually from someone speaking. It's just his internal thoughts. Whereas this one, we don't hear any dialogue, period, until seven minutes in. So it's kind of a, I don't know, pick your poison, I guess, with Neil Breen. Yeah, he talks about how he's disappointed in the human species. He's speaking to, like, a skull. And he walks by a rose in the desert, which looks like he just, like, tried to plant it there. It's just a single rose sticking out of the ground, which... Like, hanging over. It's not, like, even, like, straight up. It's, like, <laughs> yeah, bent over. I'm no botanist, but I don't think that happens. Listening to Sting, man. That's what he was doing. Um... <laughs> He says he's created planets in the solar system, and they respect species and natural environment. And he asked the skull why the humans are failing. He's given them everything. And he keeps walking the desert. Well, and he there doesn't are... just give them everything. I've given them everything. Everything. Like, everything. What the... F- what did you get? Like, you gave him life? Like, yes, that, I guess that is everything, but... If he's the true creator, yeah. he, he keeps like walking the desert and there's like baby doll heads on the ground. They're just sitting on the ground and it's not like they're just like haphazardly put out there. They're lined up and they're set like on their neck. So it looks like there's a baby's head coming out of the ground. We, we then abruptly cut to a room where there's like a naked woman in bed and Neil Breen's like in jeans shirtless backing yes. away. Where you can, see, this is the first time where you see his uh, his titties in this movie. Because yeah. I thought, I thought it was a woman at first. I honestly <laughs> did. I I thought it was an awkwardly shaped woman. But no, it's Neil Breen. It's Neil Breen. We go back to the desert and back to his face swapping thing. And then guess what? More fucking desert. Like there's so much desert, it should be in the credits. Like the desert as itself. You know what I liked about Double Down so much? All the desert. So thanks, Neil Breen. <laughs> More desert. Yeah, I think there's more desert in this in this movie, honestly, than Double Down. And, and Double Down even... never left the desert. <laughs> That's right. God. But, like, with this, the shots of the desert, it is just shots of the desert. Double Down at least had Neil Breen braining around on the screen. This is just, like, there's the desert. There's the desert. Well, we do get, there's a white pickup truck in the desert, and there's a couple sitting with... A block of, I'm guessing, drugs. In the last movie, it was airborne anthrax that looked like that. But I'm guessing this is not what they're doing. And there's like a knife that cut into it. Because Neil Breen once heard that's how people cut up drugs. And they're drinking a beer. And the dude just randomly fires two gunshots in the sky. Next to his ear, by the way. Because he's with a woman. So when she starts to speak, he should say, what? Because he shot a gun. I'm sorry. There's and, no way he could hear anything after well, that. He does hear her because she calls him crazy, and then he, t- he goes to shoot himself in the head, but it clicks. There's no bullets. So he's he's like, I'm so fucking high. I want you so bad. I really want you to. We see a needle, and he shoots himself up without even, like, popping a vein or anything. He's just like, eh, just... Well, maybe see. that's why there's so much blood gushing out. Yeah, that's right. Arm. I never seen anyone put a needle in their arm and then like hemophiliacs don't bleed this much after being cut it's ridiculous yeah which then neil breen shows up and the guy fires at him and the gun like now has bullets like this isn't a revolver this is a clip yeah absolutely and he like shot himself to shoot in the head and he clicked and we never saw him reload and then he like fires on neil breen which is real bullets because there's blood coming out of neil breen there's cyborg bullets or a blood or whatever that's yeah. coming out of Neil. But he he waves his magic hand and it's gone. And he says, you know, the weapons cannot harm him. And the people ask if they're dead and in heaven. And he tells them no. He says it's not like he planned. He's disappointed. That's why I'm here. And he doesn't fucking say now. <sighs> but Breen waves his hand. They freeze. And he takes the guy's clothes off and, like, steals them. And they're laying on the, the, the desert ground. And he goes, I've had to freeze you and make you disappear. But it's only temporary. And then he steals their truck and drives off. And guess what we get to see, Cullen? The desert. More fucking desert! But he goes, yeah. to, he goes to a solar energy plant. And then we get, like, a lot of solar energy stock footage. Which, 
are in the desert. And he says the human has take, humans have taken far too long to understand it, but are beginning to make progress now. And as we watch these panels, mills, and facilities, he then drives to Las Vegas, and we get a shitload of driving. Like, Neil Bridge, yes. like, just nothing's going on. He's not on the phone. He's not monologuing or anything. He's just driving. We just see him driving. The camera is sitting next to him in the front seat, and he's just driving. Yeah, he could have filmed this himself. Yeah, I'm sure he did. He does well, maybe, make sure. I don't know. He does make sure to show the Trump Hotel. Again, though. Yes. In this movie. You know that you're in Vegas. And yeah. to abandon all hope. And then we get a quick insert of some girls, like, topless sunbathing on a rafts in a pool. And then more driving. The women don't speak. We just see them in a pool. Like, check out these babes. Okay, we're back. Ah, that, that happens a lot in this movie where we see five-second clips of something that will happen later in the movie. And then we're just back to what we were doing. It's not foreshadowing. It's, it's not, not a premonition. It's not his power. It's, it's... horrible editing. <laughs> yes, that's that's his, another one of his powers. There's these three men in suits that walk the streets, and some guy says, like, they think they have the opportunity to use it now. Boy, are they in for a surprise. And then more driving. More <laughs> driving. Why am I watching all of this? Who oppor- wants to watch this? The opportunity to use what? Who's in for a surprise? Who are you? Oh. I need anything explained in this movie. Just anything. Here's what we know. We know that people are getting high in the desert, and the guy is he's high and he's horny. And Neil Breen is Basically the same character from last movie. But an alien. But, <laughs> I think Yeah. Neil Breen might just be a, a damn alien trying to infiltrate the human race because he doesn't have emotions like you and I do. He can't express himself like you and I can. He's just, I don't know what the hell he is. But they say, you know, this guy, the the being says he's, you know, created the human race and all this. I believe it. This human race in this movie, because they don't talk like humans. <laughs> Nobody talks like a human being or has a human conversation in this movie at all. Do you think the dialogue is worse in this movie than in Double Down? Yes, because there's this one has scenes with people interacting with each other. <laughs> in the last movie, yes, there were, but they were very brief mm-hmm. and only it's... a couple of exchanges. And and if it were longer, it was just Neil Spr- Neil Breen going off about something. Yeah, most of the dialogue from Double Down was was just Neil Breen speaking to himself, where he's explaining how great he is to himself. And this one, there's significantly less Breen in it. He's still in it, you know, quite a bit. I mean, I guess you call him the main character as as much as you can call anyone the main yeah. character in this movie. Yeah, he disappears. You're right. Yeah, he's he's gone for good chunks of this movie. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's only one person that has a name in this movie. Like an actual name. And New Breen isn't one of them. He's called The Being, but we only learned that from the credits. He once again names people like lawyer, politician, stuff like that. Yeah, elected official. Yeah. Maybe that's his political statement. You're all the same. You have no identity. Yeah, uh. once you have a job, then that's your identity, not your name. Yeah. I, we're reading too much into it. There's no way Neil Brain is that deep. There's three women, and they're talking about the solar power and all this stuff that sounds like the most incredibly non-human conversation. The country is finally seriously addressing sustainability and respecting the planet's natural resources. I'm so excited to be working here. We're finally producing results generating solar power, as well as wind turbine power generation. The engineering research on thermal power is doing the same. The younger generation will have a sustainable energy system to look forward to. Like they're aware that sustainable power exists, so they're talking about it, but they don't know anything more about sustainable power other than that it can happen. They just spout out these facts that, like, Neil Breen read on Wikipedia. And they don't interact. Like, they're blindly saying stuff while standing in a group. They're not, like, acknowledging one another. They're just like, this fact. Oh, yeah, this fact. Well, this it, fact. They might as well just give a PowerPoint presentation. But even that would suck because there's no details. Yes. Then we go to those three guys again, and they're walking up. Uh, we got to watch them walk up every step of this one building. 
And uh, then we see this the first of many times we'll see this stock footage of this guy stacking money and pushing it forward on the table. Because Neil Breen couldn't afford to get fake money or... I don't know. It, 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 yeah, it's just stock footage. And I guess every time he, he wants the audience to know that corruption is happening, I guess that's what it is. Breen talks about corrupt corporations, criminals on Wall Street, greedy politicians, lying lawyers... And he's going to eliminate them all if the humans won't. And it's like, he just throws general things. He doesn't give any, like, background. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard politicians are greedy. Why? Because they're greedy. And that's all his movie shows. Is just like, ah, I like money. Okay. Yeah. If they would just show any of the politicians actually doing these corrupt things. And I guess they kind of do, but we don't entirely understand why it just happens well the, the two suit dudes talk about stopping an environmental power bill due to pay off so that, and that's about the most of a plot we get in this movie yep and they're looking about profits and having another just non-human conversation and it sounds like it sounds like neil breen took his monologues from double down and tried to fit them into dialogue in a movie is what they basically sound like there's there's some copy and paste themes in this movie, definitely. Right, and we have we go back to two of the girls that were talking about solar power, and they're talking about clothes, and one drop drops that she has a twin in that conversation, and it's just awkward. And then the the other woman comes out. I I laugh my ass off when this happens. She's like, "That is the cutest. Where did you get that top? You have the cutest shirt. Thank you. My sister got it for me for my birthday, actually." Gosh, I wonder where yeah. you have the cutest clothes. Thank you. It helps to go through her closet, though, too, because she has great taste. Oh, my, like my twin. She pretty much has way better, yeah. I'm so sorry, but due to the poor economy, we're going to have to lay you off, along with some other staff members. We all had the best of intentions of improving the nation's sustainable energy systems and environment, but the corruption and greed in big business and government just won't let it happen. We're all very disappointed. Yeah, it's always the government and lawyers that prevent progress. It was like, what? that's not how that happens. <laughs> yeah, because they are outside. They're just hanging out like on a smoke break is what it looks like. And then someone else comes up and says, I don't have a job. Don't bother going back inside. <laughs> finish your finish your break and then go home. Starting immediately as, as if, as in after I said immediately. Yeah, yeah, the second I end this sentence. Neil Breed shows up with to the woman who laid him off and gives her a rose and tells her not to give up. She can make a difference. And that's the last we ever see from that woman, so we don't really know if she makes a difference ever or... <laughs> maybe she makes a difference off screen, or maybe that's the spinoff of this movie. Red-headed woman makes a difference. And the after, movie. After they finish those lines, he's like, cut! And everyone, that's a wrap for Janice. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, for both sh scenes she was in. Then there's these houses we're driving by slowly, and the, we, it's intercut with blood dripping off a knife in the desert. And then we get two dudes loading guns, and then more bloody knife. And it's like, okay? Yeah, there's there's no explanation as to why this is happening. It Again, it's just scenes from later in the movie just thrown in earlier in the movie with no explanation. We have two women walking. One's the blonde that got laid off, and they got they're walking a baby. And she's upset about her work being done and having a baby. And the other girl's that twin sister she name-dropped. And she's okay. she says they're okay because they're so hot. Fun fact, uh, these women don't look alike. And two, I wouldn't consider them hot. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, They're not like, monstrously ugly. You know, who cares about how they look? But uh, false. Uh, there's a falsehood when she said that they're both hot. <laughs> Just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're hot. And that's what she suggests that she become a stripper or an escort. She's got someone who can hook her up uh, to get started, and she just lie about it to other people. We'll talk about it later, I guess. But the, the immediate like, yeah, profession from... people look towards after getting laid off in this movie is so comical. Yeah, like how long has she been unemployed? An hour? We don't. <laughs> the passage of time is not clear in this movie at all. And then this guy on a bike goes by. And he's like, "Wow!" <laughs> and then he falls over, and he goes like, "Wow!" <laughs> wow. But the way he pulls 
on the bike. He's he moves as slow as someone can move on a bike without falling over as he's approaching these women. And then when he actually falls over, I mean, the shot is awkward how he says it. He has one word to say in this movie twice. And both times, he can't convincingly say, wow. That's how bad he is at acting. Uh, Neil Breen then goes to the Justice Center. And, of course, he's got to talk about the justice system, not being able to punish the guilty and protect the innocent. Uh, do you think he's like, it. do you think he's like, pro- thinks he's so profound in coming up with these things? Like, these, like, trite, you know, stereotypical junk, hem- empty lines like that? Anything that's against the government is just, he, it's, what, it's what it is. He tries to figure out different ways to say, I'm against the government. Girls, they walk up to some beat up, like, housing. What is this? Like, it's these burned down destroyed houses like yeah, this neighborhood the, that's been like torn up yeah that are like in a parking lot or something uh, it doesn't I, i've never seen buildings like this I, I it's so damn so damn strange like and the thing is this location is used so many times in this movie and it's, it's, it's not, like the headquarters yeah, well, headquarters for where the for gang hangs out. Gang, terrorists, I don't know. Yeah. Muscle, yeah, this, I... This is a location where uh, gangs hang out. Uh, I don't think terrorists hang out here, but corrupt politicians and lawyers hang out with the gang here as well. And also, this is where prostitution happens, too. Yeah. Every bad thing that happens happens in this area for whatever reason this is the sinniest place of sin city there, there are these guys with guns there with the uh, the white businessmen we saw before and the sister says very hot i'd like to do any of these two guys at the same time hell yeah i'll do her damn twins my favorite character yes. in the movie. <laughs> it, it's so this, like, this what st- is this the stiffest, weirdest delivery, and the shot is so zoomed in. It's like his shoulders up, I think, and it's just. It's, well, and then, I don't know. It's. It, I mean, none of the acting is good in this movie, well, but and, some of them are shocking, and this one is just completely laughable. His delivery. But it, it is to not shock you enough. The other guy, the guy next to him, shoots him in the hand. I get her first. It says, was that the same guy, or was that a different guy he shot in the hand? No, he, he said, like, hell yeah, I'm going to do those girls. And then he goes and shoots him in the hand. He goes, I got to do her first. <laughs> he, shoots him, he shoots him in the hand, but he, but he shoots him, like, in the wrist. Like, he yeah. puts, like, the barrel of the gun directly up to his wrist and shoots him. Like, here, his, his <laughs> blow his fucking hand off. I mean, the, the force of the bullet right directly next to your skin, that would shatter his wrist. It'd be more than just a red spot. Yeah, he would be absolutely crippled. All the bones just shattered. Everything would be turned to dust right in his wrist. So the, the guy... Or is that... screaming saying, take me to the hospital. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that's not possible to be in the movie. Or how he's still on the team. Uh... <laughs> or alive! Or he he pay the the guy who shot him in the wrist pays off the laid off twin says come with me, and then an elected official and lawyer then pay off a guy just and he's like just keep the goodies coming my way and and there's blood like spilling in the desert and you hear a guy screaming about his ear and then the ear flies onto the screen and then he's screaming about his hand and then that comes on the screen and then we just see the bloody knife again and then they you see these two hand well a stump and a hand from a suit well, we're basically waiting forever to die and yeah, we just a long time and we, we don't know who it is can we agree that that's probably just neil brain oh yeah it's gotta that's, be neil brain that's gotta be yeah i i, uh, I recognize those soft touch hands anywhere <laughs> well i think that person was one of the politicians that opposed whatever the evil politicians wanted to do and i think they're just getting him out of the way i think think i have no idea i don't know who because like none of them disappear and then we never return to this yeah T- to understand who that person was as they died we'd have to see who they were before right we just we just take it on I'm not, faith I, like i'm not matching up that voice i don't know who that is. yeah yeah exactly 
we're just taking on faith that this is an important person. Although we don't understand why they're important. Like I said, I'm guessing, guessing, guessing that he was the uh, a politician that opposed the bad guys. But I don't, I don't, I don't know because all I see is a fake ear and a fake hand in the desert. At the payoff, uh, the dude says he's gonna send a big thank you later, thank you gift later in the day, and later in the day, the twins go to the pool and twins. That is absolutely how they act around these women. Yeah. And the, the paid off guys there is like, Welcome to our world. <laughs> Double my pleasure. Then we realize that this is linked to the raft moment we saw earlier. The funny thing is watching the girls try to get on the raft and they're like struggling. Yeah. To get well, on. What, what I love is that they get in the pool there are no rafts, and then they slide into the shot because someone off screen pushed the raft <laughs> over to them. And then, like you said, they're trying awkwardly. Like, have you two never been in a pool before? You never yes. used rafts. Like the one's about ready to like close on the one, like trap shut. Um, oh yeah, yeah, she's gonna fold in half. Yeah. The girls then take their tops off for the dude and they hold their boobs and then they they walk backward into the pool so they can't show them off. And yeah. and apparently this guy gets off on just girls like in the pool and and like watching them laugh at him while concealing their breasts. Yeah, he's got he has a very specific fetish. So, you know, he wants to celebrate, so they pop open some short champagne and boy, we watch them fill up those entire glasses yes like and he, each... he, he fills it up it foams so he lets the foam rest and then pours keeps pouring until it full yeah three glasses every one of them we have to see every second of him pouring the champagne like, and it's, also it's almost parody level no it is of... it absolutely it looks like a tim and eric bit honestly yes, yes. and when, he, when he's pouring the champagne in like this is a close-up of these glasses the champagne's coming into the glass, and it looks like piss. Yes! Like, the the width of the stream and the sound it makes when it's entering the glass sounds like piss. It does. Maybe that's another fetish he has, that he likes to see women take off their tops, but not see their breast, cover them up, and slowly and awkwardly back into a pool, and then give them piss in a glass. It takes a lot to get this guy off. Right. So we go back to the destroyed homes that we saw and there's a beat up guy there and, and he gets up and gets in a wheelchair and wheels off and neil breen's in the back you know looking at the damage and the wheelchair guy which is his character name it's like the wheelchair man or something like that yeah he yeah. runs into a fat guy and gets like the guy turns him over in the wheelchair but then neil breen grabs the fat guy and makes his eyes bleed and he offers like help to the wheelchair guy and waves his hand and makes these people walking pause. And then the wheelchair guy says, I don't feel so good. Cancer chemo is kicking my ass. I always wanted to see this before I died. I only have a month to live. You wanted to see the Vegas sign before he died? What a goal. I made it! And, well, and also, like, is this guy a homeless or something? I mean, he must... B, because it yeah, looks he like looks he woke homeless, up, yeah. Yeah, because he woke up covered in s- just garbage in the burnt out houses. But then he says that ca- cancer and chemo is kicking his ass. Like homeless people can't afford chemotherapy. I'm just they, that's just the country we live in. You know, it was just super. Everything about this scene is everything in this movie is awkward. This is just par for the course. Back of the wreckage. The suits and gun guys chat about what I don't know. There's no sound. One of the gun guys hands a suit, his his weapon, and then some papers. So maybe it's the permits that go with the gun. I don't know. And this is where we see the two dudes loading guns that, you know, remember we right. but got inserted in the movie somehow earlier. And then two guys fight, and they're all like yelling, cut him, as the guy pulls a knife and has the guy in a chokehold. And then there's a voiceover. That, like, obvious voice was these guys saying, stop fucking around. And we, we then are introduced to Eric, who is the only <laughs> named person in here. The European yes. contact. He gets introduced. And this is about, and he was in the scene previously. Like, he's he's very recognizable among the group he's in. 
how like, would you he describe just, the appearance he does not of Eric? fit he's he's big he's got this long straw hair glasses and some sort of fake accent <laughs> and i love like when they're fighting it could shoots just a single shot of him and does he, I think he says like like i like this very much or, no one asked eric what the <laughs> why why are we, do we have a single shot of you? Why do we have to know what Eric's opinion is on right. two people fighting? The three suit guys say, hey, they're willing to help because they're in it for the payoffs. Helping with what? I don't know. I don't think they know. The, the one guy that, that seems to be the leader, he's with the laid off girl and he's like touching her face, but then he's told he has to go and he leaves. And she's like, I can't do this. My baby. I love my baby. And then the sister, who's like way off to the side. But, you know, somebody, she goes, I can't do this. My baby. I love my baby. Once you're high, you won't remember a thing. Just the money you're making. And her delivery is so Oh, yeah. She strange. is, she's the... Neil Breen's is in this movie, and she is the worst performer in the movie. I think so. Just from this scene alone, she's worse. We we can forgive the wow guy because he had one line. Okay, yeah. he, he he chumped it, but she had she has sentences and sentences to make up to improve, and she never does. She's always garbage. I I feel like this movie that the the girl who got laid off at the beginning was his original idea of. Who he wanted to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah. And then he changed his mind in midway because, I don't know, maybe he had a crush or the other girl wasn't willing to sleep with him in a scene or something because he makes the choice to go with her and she is clearly the worst performer in the movie. I think it was probably just because she was available because she certainly wasn't acting anywhere else. You know, she she hit the most availability of anyone on the cast. I mean, in a little bit here, he's going to, like, reset this movie pretty much from that story perspective of that girl. And, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it then. But it's just – or maybe it's just the way Neil Breen's mind works. We'll see. Well, that's how – what happened with Double Down where, you know, the first part of the movie is about him being an assassin and a a mercenary and all this stuff. And then – approximately halfway through it gets like mystical and spiritual right like like what the hell so i guess that might be one of the things that he does we're just halfway through the movie it's like all right now it's a different movie i like to keep people guessing so neil breen's still stalking that wheelchair guy as he's you know gets in front of some car that these young thugs happen to be driving and they pull a gun on him and neil breen and neil breen tells them they're worthless and then makes their eyes and nose bleed and freezes them. Yeah, he's an omnipotent being, and his go-to move is to make eyes bleed. <laughs> now, here's what we're talking about. We now have a scene where the sister, who is working at some energy systems place, gets laid off. And I'm like, wait, is this is a flashback? Yeah, th- this is the sister that said, once you're high, you won't care, or, or whatever, right? Who, yeah, who has been yeah. hooking, yeah. Yes. And she gives, there's more talks about politics and corporate greed. And then she's on a park bench with a dude bitching about being an environmental activist and not having a job while spouting out about what the government could be doing. And then this guy's unemployed too. And he's like, this fucking sucks. I guess they're together, right? Yeah. We then have to assume it's her boyfriend. And she has this inner monologue about becoming a hooker or a stripper and then not telling him. And then he has one himself that says to become a car thief and then not tell her the truth. And, like, what is it with these people? And, like, getting late. It's like, yeah, like retail, maybe looking for another job of that same profession. They, go may, on unemployment for uh, a little bit. Data entry, office job, admin yeah. assistant, volunteer work, post office, server, waiting tables, bartending for a bit while looking for... Hooking! That's what, how expensive is their lifestyle? Exactly. <laughs> that they have to go from like environmental crusader, whatever, to hooker. Yeah. And they, they then walk this park and Neil Breen's, you know, stalking them. And she says, I think I know him, which is that's it. really fucking confusing when we get to. <sighs> that's it. That, 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 that's, it. Yep. that's it. That's, that's it. Yeah, I think I know him. Because we cut to Breen. He's sleeping in the back of the truck in the desert. 
And he does his goddamn face swap thing again. Looking left. Looking right. Looking left. Looking right. And then he's having sex with the sister. <laughs> I think. Or he's just laying on top of her. We don't know. Like, they have sex. If this is sex, it's like how Carol and Tandy from The Last Man on Earth, how they have sex. Yes. Where they just lay on top of each other and wait and wait to finish. And then he does a face-changing thing while he's on top of her. Like, she is just straight-faced staring up, and he's, like, doing anything he can not to make eye contact and, like, weirdly, like, moving his head. Like he mm-hmm. did with the, the other mass changing scene. And I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm like, how in the fuck did she feel when she was filming this? <laughs> yeah. Like, my like, God, I felt horrible for her. Their faces are so close. It's so awkward and so long. And she, and you know they had to film this a bunch or longer than this. There's no way that Neil Breen knows how people have sex. There's no way. Because their faces are so close. There's no movement. And they're just like, I don't want to say staring into each other's eyes. It's just this lazy, awkward, unpleasant gaze. They're giving into each other's faces. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's so creepy. I can't even, ah! I don't feel comfortable watching. And when we see the moment we saw earlier where you thought he was a woman. Right. Neil Mantitty's brain shows up. And now the other sister, who was also laid off from, uh, solar energy company is walking with her baby twin one and she passes the wheelchair guy and drops a baby toy which he picks up hands to her and then neil breen waves his hand and the wheelchair guy becomes younger and he says go with her have a full long and healthy happy life be a family and the wheelchair guy walks up to her and they just walk on and then he waves his hand, the wheelchair disappears. And I'm like, did, did she want to be with him? Yeah, this is the first like, they've ever... Did, did he even want to be with her? I mean, like, what? Yeah. Like, he gives the toy back, and then he looks at her for a little bit. So he, so I guess we think that he thinks that she's attractive, but we don't know, because he doesn't say anything. I don't Just being young is enough to be in love with someone you've never met? Is that... Personalities maybe... don't matter, just looks. It's what... Maybe she has a say in this. How about that? Maybe she doesn't like that guy. Why are they just like, okay, well, now you love each other. Is he Cupid now, too? What? Yeah, and, and then, you know, what's funny is, like, so is, did, did Neil bring cure the cancer, or is that guy just going to grow up to have cancer again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just moved his life back to when he didn't have cancer. Maybe maybe he was a smoker. It's the limit of my powers. It's the limit of my powers. That's <laughs> right. Maybe if, if he's a smoker, he can just uh, say, I'll lay off the smoke so he won't get cancer. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. The boyfriend, now the biggest crime th- uh, carjacking thief in Las Vegas. Yeah, the, the guy that just decided, I'm going to steal cars because I don't have a job. That was his go-to idea. And then we get to see him breaking into, but not stealing cars, just stuff that's inside of it. We go back to the home wreckage site, uh, headquarters. And he meets up with the gun guys and wants to join them, but they're they're mad he has been working their turf. I'm like, did you not just hear he wants to join you guys? <laughs> and yeah. he, he's like, fuck you, it's all about business. And they're like, no, it's about family. And then slit his throat. <laughs> and to which they say, we eliminated our problem. And that was it? That the, that guy was their problem? Like that is some guy stealing like groceries? Yes. Out of a car that big of a deal that they need to slit his throats? We control the grocery stealing trade in this section of town. Twin 2 shows up, sees the body, and screams. And then the guy shoots it again. Or shoots the body. Oh, God! He was so young! What's his family gonna... And then clam chowder comes out of her mouth. And the dude's like, those who don't play by our rules, lose. I'm like, oh, clever. And then shoots the body up again. (laughs) And then it cuts to the exact same location. Yes, almost same shot. Yeah, with this guy that just shot the car thief. He's walking towards these two, I think they were like two lines of like the politicians and lawyers or, or 
Or at it's, least the gang. It's a gathering. It's the most mass gathering we've had so far. Yeah, a, a, a total of, what do you think, 10 people in the shot, maybe? Right, yeah. But, but, yeah, but it cuts from him shooting them to him walking to the exact same location. It's, it's, a, it's bad editing. That's all there is to it. <laughs> so the leader says there's a rat among them, an undercover cop. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they just grab a guy and then tie him to a chair and punch him a bunch. And it's hilarious. It's comical. It look it looks like a parody. It's yeah. preposterous. It's a punching parody, and and the, included in the punching guys is the guy who had his sh- hand shot earlier, <laughs> throwing yeah. haymakers. Like, how does his hand just not fall off when he's punching this guy in the face? Was this like well, nine years later? Like, <laughs> well, we. Well, he, his, his wrist has got to be fine because he makes no contact with the guy's face. It's clear when they're punching this guy that no one is coming anywhere close to the guy's face. Yeah, and he's just, like, shaking his head. He's got blood, on, like, the yeah. fakest blood on it. Yeah, his face is just whipping in every direction regardless of how he's being punched. Do you think Neil Breen was like, left, right, left, back, front, back, left, right? You think that was well, his direction? Well, not because you have too much emotion in your voice. Oh, so yeah. that wouldn't be Neil Breen's directing. Right. That. And this apparently is crossing the line for the politicians. Is they're like, this wasn't part of a deal. No payoff is worth this. Because the, the blood hits their face as, they're, as this oh, yeah, other guy's right. getting punched. So how much blood, <laughs> what kind of velocity is coming out of this They've guy? each got it in the same spot and the same shape, too. It's on, like, what, the left side? Yeah, yeah. each of their faces. So they're all lined up. On that side of the guy, it's like they almost had like a like a uh, temporary tattoo put on them, like that had the same blood splatter. <laughs> and then Neil Breen, he's watching, and one guy chops a finger off the guy. The guy, but Breen waves, and everyone freezes, and then he waves to fix the finger, and he lets the guy go, the uh, undercover cop, um, apparently. And he grabs the sister and moves her out of the way. We get to see that shot with the desert with the crosses again. And then all the suits and thugs are on the crosses. And the thugs now have suits on. And they're not nailed to them. They're just kind of holding on to them with their heads down. Yeah, it's like they're casually hanging on the cross. Just, you know, get their hands wrapped around the back of it. And in a scene that would have been perfect in Double Down, Neil's got, Neil Breen has his hands bloodied. And he, pull, he like holds this cross up in the air. He's like... I have eliminated the corrupt politicians and lawyers. I have eliminated the greedy corporate leaders. I have eliminated those who believe in violence towards mankind. I have eliminated those who pollute the planet's natural resources. I will eliminate them all, if the humans cannot or will not on their own. The humans are failing to respect this planet. Its natural resources, energy efficiency, sustainability, even their own humankind. Then he turns to the sister, tells her she's free, learn to love yourself and other humans, and she says she knows him from somewhere and, and asks to help her and save her. And he says for her to save herself, he's made her strong enough to save herself and that's where the movie should end that's yeah <laughs> but no we're, we're still going for 20 more minutes 20 I, more minutes like like nothing's happened in this movie but it seems like okay th- that that seems to be some kind of conclusion to where he thought he was making a movie but no 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 neil breen neil has still- decided we need to end back where we began you're right we spent the next 20 minutes getting back to the beginning of the movie we're back in the desert and he asks humanity to respect themselves and wonders if he failed them. He takes his clothes off, throws them back to the couple's bodies. He waves his hand. They wake up. He's like, go now. Contribute. Provide for your fellow man and the planet. Make the best of what I've created for you. Don't waste your lives. Tell everyone. And they get in the truck and drive off. Because, you know, we had to, you know, 
that was an open end. We had to. We had to know what the, what the frozen people in the desert, what they're going to do. He walks the desert, and we see the crucified suits again. He walks, walks, and then the, the ball appears, the, the paperweight. And, but, but then we hear, wait for me, wait for me, from the sister. But like, we don't see she, her. We don't see her. And he's we just not... see a shot of the desert with her saying, wait for me, wait for me. Yeah, and he gives, and then Neil Breen gives a voiceover speech about humans failing and what they need to do. And we get to watch dolphins swimming while we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. So we, we get more of his preachy garbage. But at least this time we get to see dolphins. Yep. So and some more desert. desert. Yeah. At least we see motion. Yeah. The sister's then running in the desert. And she reaches out. He reaches out for her while his face is changing. The same shot that we've seen a ton. Yeah, the zombie mask shit. Yeah. yeah. And we then see that freaking creepy sex scene again well it's it's neil breen wants to tell yeah and neil breen wants us to be like hey just in case you forgot i boned her (laughs) but it's it's even creepier this time yeah because when when he's wearing the zombie mask he like touches her nose with the mask nose and rubs it back and forth a little bit again neil breen does not know there's no way neil breen is not a virgin I do not believe that. Right. He has the mask on, and they just sit oddly looking at each other. And then she touches his face. And then he's just by himself and says, The human's dreams, they can come true. Then we get more stock footage of the solar-powered stuff, and the dolphins come back. And he says he'll give humans one more chance, but if they fail, he'll destroy the planet in this experiment. He picks up the paperweight. He says, Man has the responsibility. Not the power. I will come back soon and decide whether to end it all or not. I hope humanity has learned his, its lesson for all its mistakes. Otherwise, I'll turn this planet into dust and begin again. It's like, whoa, dude. Are you coming back in like two days? And being like, well, no, you know what? No, screw it. Because like, he's like, I'll give him a while. And then it sounds like he's coming back. It's like, you know what? Fuck this. Also, maybe he should tell mankind that's what he's doing instead of, well, I've made this decision. I mean, they got to figure it out for themselves. Let them know that their lives are in danger if they continue what they're doing. I mean, that's like um, the like the day the Earth stood still. Like, you need to let people know what you're doing, all right? And the day the Earth stood still, uh, the uh, the aliens stopped like all technology from working for like a day, and then it's like, hey, this is a warning. Change your ways, or you're you're effed. Okay, he told humanity, "Look out!" Neil Brain doesn't do that. He's just like, "I hung some, I crucified some jerks in the desert, and that's it." Uh, the that's whole, the it. whole world. He finished it off. There's three corrupt politicians left. <laughs> well, then he did his job. Done. We should be fine now. He touches hands with the sister, and then we see like all the opening stuff in reverse. But this time his feet don't have the stake bloody holes in them. And he floats away and shoots back in the sky. Credits roll. And, you know, I noticed in the credits this time, we all we talk about the stock footage. He also uses stock music. <laughs> I, I didn't write down where the music came from, but the stock footage, art beeps. Art beeps, so, yes. So if you want all of the impact of a Neil Breen movie, find yourself some art beeps. You too can make your own Neil Breen movie at home with the stock music website and art beeps. And access to the desert. You've yes. got a Neil Breen movie. If you have a sandbox, well. This movie seems to have three people responsible for it. Of course, there's Neil Breen, of course, who plays the being and is also the editor, does makeup, location, and craft services. Yes. Yeah, music director, all of this. But also, it's the, the editing. You can think the editing on uh, John Master Giacomo. He also ran the camera. So any long pan, you can think that son of a bitch. And also, remember the bully Yeah. Uh, from earlier? Well, the, the guy that pushed the wheelchair guy down? That's his name, Bully. Is, that's the credit. His real name, Thanos Pantagenia. Giros? I'm not sure to pronounce his last name. The point is, his first name is Thanos. Thanos, the hands of Breen. <laughs> this guy, he has the name of, like, a, 
cosmic Marvel villain. That's the guy. Thanos. There's no wonder this movie is so effed up. He also ran the audio. So I'll say, you know what? I'll say this: the audio is fine. I I heard all the dialogue. The music did not overpower the dialogue. So good job, Thanos. You did one thing right. Can we talk about the timeline of the sister, the twin sister in this movie? Yes. I'm I'm probably like the rest of America and confused. Yeah, like I because we're introduced to her and we can assume she's been hooking because she's got the the hook up. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and she's losing her job, and then so hold on. Like, like this so is she like, goes it must back. have been edited out of order, right? It had to be. Or something, because she, she loses her job with her boyfriend, and then she g- goes, they're in the park, and they walk by, and she's like, how do I know that dude? There's no, Neil Breen hasn't even interacted with his sister, her sister yet at this point. And then she goes, the next time we see her, she goes back, she's sleeping with Neil Breen. Right. It's like, what? And then she goes back to the, the, burned down house site where her boyfriend's killed and she's like oh my god so this part happened before she brought the sister in right and then it seems like it should be yeah and then she is frozen while he kills everyone and then chases them to desert and maybe the sleeping together was one of those forward flashes and maybe then they sleep together and then he goes home but then she brings the sister into things? Or did he change the timeline to where the sister never hooked because she met the guy in the wheelchair? Can he control time? Is that what maybe the flashes are telling us? Is that what it is? I mean, that would make... I don't know if it would make sense. It would just make it a, a bit better. Or maybe... I really just think this thing was edited out of order because it would make more sense for both the sisters to lose their jobs at the beginning of the movie. The, the one sister... She goes from, or the the, the uh, we'll call her tw- twin two. If she were to lose her job being an environmental activist, and then turns to hooking, and then the other sister loses her job, and then she says, "Hey, you should be a hooker like me." That would make a. Li- I mean, it wouldn't make sense, but it would make more sense than what the hell we saw. Ah, uh, baffling. I'm sure Neil Breen didn't think a thing about it. Would have loved yeah. to have him on the show to make sense of it. Neil? Yeah. And like the, the passage of time in this movie, everything we've mentioned takes place during the day. So we don't... The, all of the, this whole movie could have happened in a day. We don't know. Yeah. There's no way to know the passage of time in this movie. These are the questions are we want sta- answered. This is why we had tried to get Neil Breen on the show. I wanted to know the answers to these questions. Are there even... Is there even an establishing shot in this movie? I don't know if there is. Of solar places... <laughs> but it, that established they exist I don't think where the actual action is where, taking place where anyone is no and there's that pool scene which is only like specifically the corner of the pool because I feel like if you turned anymore you'd see like family swimming in it yeah that has to be like just like at a casino somewhere in Vegas or a hotel at least because like there um, there are tables and there are umbrellas and the umbrellas have they have something written on them. I don't remember what the heck it says, but it's it's got to be a product or the name of the hotel. There's yeah, and it, and you're right. It, it's just that corner of the pool. You don't see anything more than that. It's it's weird. It's damn bizarre. Okay. Anything else you want to touch on? Now comes the point in which we rate the film we talked about. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we like to keep things culty. Our ratings are stay with your family. You are not interested in hooking. You could probably find yourself a a decent line of work while you're looking for a better job that fits your qualifications. Converted, you uh, think about hooking. That's, you know, maybe the the option you want to go with there. And... Drinking the Kool-Aid, which not only cooking, but you would definitely sleep with yourself some Neil Breen. Cullen, how do you rate I Am Here now? Well, this movie has less Neil Breen in it. 
which I think is actually a detriment to the movie because he is so batshit crazy. It is entertaining to watch him as much as you can be entertained, I suppose. But this movie, man, uh, there's no plot to this movie at all. Double Down had more of a plot. And that is, that didn't have a plot. This has like negative plot. This movie seems to take other plots away from other movies. There's so little plot to it. The acting is, I don't know, it's the same level of, of, of crap from Double Down. I don't know if it's, it might be worse. I don't know. It's so, when, when things are this low and this terrible, it's difficult to compare it to anything else that's also bad because it just makes everything look worse. Oh, 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 it just, uh, I, I, I gotta say, for, for this movie, uh, I stay with my family on this one. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I say with my family, Brandon, how do you rate this movie now? For me, this is weird. I, I gotta go with, I'm going to be converted. It was a step up for me than Double Down. And I don't know if it's because it was fresh for me to watch. And Double Down was torturous a second time in a year uh, watching the film. And for me, while I, I'm not disagreeing with what Cullen says, there's a lot of long, dragged out, driving, desert, solar panel, well, you name it, scenes. And But what I liked, <laughs> what made it worth it for me, was all the dialogue scenes between, between people where Neil Breen wasn't involved. Like, I thought they were hilarious. Some of the worst dialogue r- recordings written and performed ever seen. It was it just... So bizarre, awkward. It was. It had me laughing out loud plenty of times. There's a weirdness to this movie, like when the guy just shoots the dude in the hand. Uh, the sex scene. It was staying with me, and I, it freshman. I I thought it was funny. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it more, and I think because maybe it had a little less Neil Breen in it. But for me, I and I I mentioned this to Cullen off off air, but I was like, you know what? I listened to, listening to the episode when editing it. Last time, I was like, you know what? Cullen and I said pretty much the exact same things about uh, during the ratings last week, but gave polar opposite ratings, like final analysis of it. It was like, oh, they're saying the same thing. And then boom, I think we're all we're pretty much close to the same page here again. But I'm going to go with converted here. It's a mess. It's a Neil Breen mess. I, and I, I just think bringing more humans to act non-human helps this one over Double Down, having a lot more scenes of human interaction and and just weirdness to it and making no sense and and his generalities on stuff he's obviously under informed about is quite hilarious to me and yeah so I, I'm converted I I'm staying converted because not drinking the Kool-Aid while there are scenes that I would highly recommend as drinking the Kool-Aid I'm gonna I'm gonna be hesitant because you know double down was funny the first time but brutal the second time so I'm gonna just stick with a solid converted on here I think really what kills this movie for me is just the pacing. The pacing. Oh is... no, the pacing's awful. But <sighs> I mean, and don't be afraid to to fast forward. If you see someone driving, if you see the desert, if you see, I mean, just something yeah. going on, like just fast forward. You're not missing anything. Yeah, if you think something is going to just be like a dead scene, fast forward through it. You won't miss anything. No, trust me. You're not. I mean, not the only thing that hangs around for a long time that you'll want to check out is the pouring of the champagne. That's about it. <laughs> Champiss. Become a stripper. An escort. You'd be great at that. Next week on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we're continuing our Neil Breen-a-thon with Fateful Findings from 2013. This this was the first Neil Breen film that Cullen and I watched together. We're going to be re-watching it for this and looking for more and i believe in this one we get the woods right no desert uh some desert some desert or at least it's um there's there's vegetation in this one so it's a little bit different it's more like it's more red rocks you know than the middle of uh, of death valley that's kind of what it is So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. That one is on Amazon Prime if you're wanting to check that one out with us. We appreciate that some of you are putting yourselves through this to hang out and enjoy our conversations about it. You are champion of the human spirit. Champion of the human spirit and just, sorry? 
Uh, this episode has come to an end. I'll say it because I always say it. Maybe I don't mean it this time, but we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Fateful Findings. The trailer that actually trails now. I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked into just about all the information I need. They have no idea. No more books! You were given a power. Others want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most secret government and corporate secrets. I'm using it to make a real difference. And I'm going to expose them all. Should I be afraid? Should we be afraid? I'm not ready for this. I want to be honest with all of you. I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. You're going to get yourself killed. But you should be scared because it is the truth. Act now on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. I want to get out of here, but you can't see what's about to happen. Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of Brandon's work at whysoblue.com and on Twitter at BT Peters. Podcast produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. Narration by Becky. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I've begun recording, so I can I can start whenever you want to. Alright, let me get my stuff out. Um, I'm gonna pull my dick out of my pants. That's <laughs> how I record. I got a got a beard in my in one hand, my cock in the other. It's like God intended. Cock cinema cavalcade. Hell yeah!